Hi, I'm Corey. Hi, I'm Tess. Welcome to A Lovely Place. We're so glad you've joined us as we invite Jesus into the midst of our lives, learning, and laughter. We hope this podcast can encourage your heart and make you smile today. (laughs) Hello. Hi. (laughs) I like that we can start laughing every time. Like, yes. We know what we're doing, not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Chapter 7. And emotional eating is our topic of conversation, friends. On a Lovely Place podcast. Ooh, Lovely Place. I don't even know what episode this is that we're recording right now. I think 33. What? Yeah. So the chapter. How about that, huh? I know. It's it's crazy. We're making it. Yeah, we are. A third of the way to 100. (laughs) (laughs) Just about. So this is called Coping with Difficult Emotions Without a Second Helping. Um, I like seconds, you know, so this <laughs> is good to think about. Like, yeah, don't always need seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a good, a good read. I, I've enjoyed this chapter. I think it's hard to get a cohesive thought together on it, but it's talking a lot about... Um, a cohesive thought. Distress <laughs> tolerance, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, the premise is that people who, um, well, I think she made the correlation that people who have trouble dealing with distressing emotions. So this means not just your normal like, oh, I'm sad or like mad, but like really um intense emotions mm-hmm. people that have a hard time dealing with those often overeat and have problems with emotional eating so mm-hmm. um so focusing on learning how to tolerate distress is good <laughs> and <laughs> it can make hard. you cry or make you laugh nervously on a podcast <laughs> when other people are listening <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I this quote stood out to me uh, on okay. page 153. It says, often when we are upset, we may deliberately choose to pursue a risky behavior because we have placed a premium on ridding ourselves of a difficult emotion. In negative mood states, the focus is often myopic with your attention on the goal, get me out of here. Mm. We don't wish to self-sabotage. We wish to self-soothe and feel better. Yet the ways we do so, non-acceptance of emotions and impulsive behavior actually make us feel worse over time. I, yeah, that just, it, it made me think like, why is it that that is my, that my, you know, that I want to rid myself of difficult emotions. What is it about that? Is it because they're uncomfortable? Is it because, you know, maybe growing up, I had the impression that they were not okay to have? Like, Mm -hmm. what is it that causes us to want to rid ourselves of the difficult emotions? Um, Yeah. So that one really hit me, I think. Yeah. Well, and it's like, um, I feel like through this chapter, and I was re-listening to the first episode that we did of talking about this book, 
Yeah. And we were both talking about how we avoided the book for a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was just like, well, now I'm keenly aware, like, oh, what are you doing right now? And sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not playing that game right now. I'm going to do it this old way. But then it's like, um, the changes are happening. Yeah. Just a little slower than maybe I want them to, which makes me feel frustrated and then has more emotions. So it's like this weird cycle thing. So I'm trying to feel like I'm at least in the right direction. Like, yeah. It's like, I don't know how, I don't know that I can figure out why I don't want to have emotions or don't want to feel them or label them as bad or wrong or gross or. I, I don't know. Like I was telling you before we started, like I feel like I keep minimizing things or trying to to like, oh, I'm okay. I can do this. Like, yeah. And like I'm in some other bubble or something. And then later the real me bubbles like, no, you can't. <laughs> like freaks out. <laughs> I'm just like, where was that girl hiding? So then I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. We have issues, apparently. Everybody does. I know. That's, isn't that nice? Thanks, world, for we all we collectively we're, have issues. We're all messed up. Yeah. I saw Aww. some comedian and he was saying something about um, the pandemic made us all have the same problem. And he oh. was like, that's the first time I think globally we've all had the same problem. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And <laughs> Anyway, and terrible and terrible <laughs> all at the same time. Anyways, yeah. I think that I've <sighs> enjoyed, you know, because this has been a long journey. We've been reading this book. How long has it been? Since like May. Before the right? summer. Yeah. And now it's, uh, what time is it now? <laughs> September. <laughs> September. So like Back at, to school. at least four months that we've yeah. been working on this. And I feel like it is. Plus two years. Right. <laughs> Like, I'm reminded that of what I tell my children, like, things worth doing are hard. So I'm reminding myself of that. Like, this is worth doing. It's going to be hard. And I'm also, I'm enjoying kind of retrospectively looking back at my journey and my thought life and realizing that I am getting to the point where I'm better at... um, giving myself space in between noticing an urge and thinking about it and then possibly acting on it because obviously I still do act on some of those urges. Yeah. And, but I've noticed that I'm able to, the pause in between is a bit Mm -hmm. longer for, for me to be (laughs) able to actually say like, would doing this right now, be getting me closer to my goals and my value yeah Yeah. like what I value right um because Jennifer keeps talking about she says talks a lot about what we value and that it's we'll be talking about that later and I'm like okay I'm kind of ready to get to that chapter yeah (laughs) so we're almost there (laughs) but I think that that I have noticed that that space in between seems to be growing to the point where I feel like I have a little bit more um not control because I remember we're not supposed to like be controlling, but yeah. I have a little bit more space to reflect without mm-hmm. just like, I feel this urge and now I'm going to do it. You know, that impulsiveness. Yeah. Yes. 
Well, and that, then again, I was re-listening to some episodes. So I think I was in five. And I think that's when I was talking about the marathon thing. Yeah. So then yeah. I just kind of offhand said to that something to Stefan, like, and I'm like literally not really walking around the kitchen very well. Like I just finished icing myself. Like I'm robot oh, yeah. woman. Like this is real life. This is like a tiny, a lot of back pain. Yes. A tiny glimpse into chronic pain. And I'm like, okay, well, this is lovely. And I don't even like saying those words. Anyways, all that said of how extreme I can be of let's run Bloomsday, honey, you know, like, and he's just like, oh my word, can we just like walk <laughs> around the block? Like, can we like, and so then I was like, and I like in this book, she talks about like mindfully eating and paying attention to when you're actually hungry and what's emotions and it, she doesn't say anything about what you're supposed to eat. And so I keep, like, fighting against myself of that urge to, like, I'm only going to eat these foods and I'm going to lose 60 pounds in five seconds. You know, like, it doesn't even, <laughs> it doesn't even work that way anyways. But I just am, like, again, Stefan keeps going, what if, what if we just ate a little bit? You know, like, what if we just tried, like, and then here's Kendra Adachi take a small step. And I was listening to her podcast and she's like, and everybody's annoyed by that small steps, but they matter. And I'm just like, yes. Oh, oh. yes, they matter. Did I say anything that made any sense right now? <laughs> You're just, you know, verbally uh, processing. Okay. <laughs> oh, so there's another thing. Here's my example of now this is in real life. Like, okay, just eat a turkey sandwich. Like, I don't have to, like, say bread is the worst thing in the world. Right. Maybe it's not the best thing. You know, whatever. We can talk about bread. Jesus liked bread, though. Just saying. But anyways, <laughs> I just ate the turkey sandwich. And then I was like, oh, I should have some strawberries and yogurt and do that all thing. And I'm just like, well... You're not hungry right now. You just ate a turkey sandwich and cucumbers. And I, and so, but I got all the stuff out as I was cleaning up Riker stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have this strawberry thing. And then I'm like, no, you don't need that. So then I put it all back in the refrigerator. So, good I, was job. Like, so I was like, okay. And that's not like they're, you know, quote unquote, good or bad food. It's like, right. just, it's just food. But, but you were paying attention to your body. Yes. They'll be there later. Yes. No one's taking away your strawberries. Just take yes. a deep breath. <laughs> Good job. I think so, paying attention to your actual like physiological signals is good. That is good. Yeah. So way to go, man. Mind power. Yes. Good job. Wow. So apparently it's happening sometimes. Okay. No, so I just I yeah. just saw this quote quote that made me think about what you're talking about with the setting rules about food and stuff like that. So okay. it's, she says, um, what page page 164, she says, accepting setbacks and noticing uh. thoughts is an alternative to holding rigid standards of self discipline. Mm. Yes. So, um, cause she, she's talking about accepting setbacks here. And she said, attributing a setback to some internal factor, such as something wrong with you beyond your control and thinking of setbacks in all or nothing terms, both lead to relapse. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's so good because I think yeah. it's it's so easy to get to a spot where you're like, I messed up somehow. Like I I had this urge to overeat even when I wasn't hungry and I did it anyway to think that that whole like thought process of I might as well just give up. I'm never going right. to make it. I'm never going to do it. Like it's not going to change. Yeah. Like that kind of like ruminating thoughts. Right. Chicken um, little. Yeah. Instead of falling. just going, hmm really didn't do that well. That wasn't propelling me towards my values or my goals. Yeah. How about I do the next choice differently, you mm-hmm. know, like, but it's hard because we hold ourselves to really high standards. Like it should be perfect the first time. I, it should just be. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's not, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then these are all the, what are these tools for, to tolerate distress? Yes, the soothing things that she was talking about. Accountability, acceptance, yes, food cravings. I was very encouraged by this chapter. So she she does talk about because you know she brings up the question like she's talking about self soothing, right? Yeah, is self soothing the same as avoidance? You know, because part of the problem with what we're doing is that we Ah. self (laughs) we self soothe by eating. I remember that. Right. Uh, Yeah. But what she talks about is the difference is that when we set ourselves up to self-soothe, it's different than avoidance because we're still accepting that we're feeling the things that we're feeling. We're accepting that maybe our, you know, our emotional vulnerability is not in a good place right now. Like whatever the circumstances, because everybody has days that it, you know, it goes up and down. Right. And accepting all of those things, accepting the way that you're feeling, and then finding something, um, some sort of activity or action that you can take to soothe yourself that that lines up with moving you towards your goals and your values, which I thought yeah. was just a great way to think about it, you know? So it's like she was talking about, I think this was in this chapter, like it might be self-soothing, like if you're feeling anxiety about something to listen to some calming music. It would be self-sabotaging or or possibly just avoidance to listen to music for two hours, you know, and like not engage in your life, like to use that as an yeah. escape. Yeah. But it's okay to, to, to know like music calms me down. I'm going to listen to a few songs to help me take some deep breaths mm-hmm. and get myself back into like a centered place. So that's self-soothing versus, versus avoidance, you know? And so it seems like anything could either be self-soothing or avoidance depending on the the level that you take it to, you know, how much you let it control your yeah. your Oof. life and your actions. That's a um, lot of that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> just just saying, let's just take a break for that one, right? Like, <laughs> well, I need to soothe myself right now. I'm gonna rub my temples, I think. There you go. <laughs> so this chapter has a lot of really good <laughs> practical things to do to soothe yourself that don't involve eating food yeah like um she talked one of them was like putting an orange in the freezer and then like pulling it out and squeezing it like a stress ball and like smelling it or something and i was like huh so she does talk about incorporating like all of your senses into how you soothe yourself because 
and I feel like we've learned that in some of our emotional health classes as well is Mm -hmm. like grounding yourself, you know, like using your senses to ground yourself helps your emotional state. Mm -hmm. And so that one I think reminded me of that. Um, And some of the stuff she talked about reminded me of the Rhythms of Renewal book. Yes, definitely. Um, Some of the things that Rebecca had talked about for resting and restoring Mm -hmm. um yeah i thought this was just such a great chapter with so many tangible things that we can do to help our distress tolerance right um i was looking for one more quote that i saw and now i'm having a hard time finding oh here we go She said, if you notice that you tend to pursue the same behavior repeatedly when you face intense emotions, for me, eating some chocolate out of the pantry, um, you may consider writing out the benefits and costs of the behavior at a time when you are in a reasonable state of mind. (laughs) That was a good caveat or whatever. (laughs) <laughs> it says it is helpful to specify whether a benefit or cost affects you in the short term or long term. And I think one thing that God has been teaching me lately and that I've been learning through this book is like the power of being intentional about things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that takes intention to sit down and really look at the cost and benefit of an action. Like, and that takes quiet like we've talked about before you know like having time where we're not just running around like crazy people which I kind of feel like this week has has been that you know but like so it takes intention to um I don't know to like craft our lives the way we want them to be and I think that this reminds me of that you know like sitting down and really looking at like this behavior that I'm doing that I might be sometimes just mindlessly doing it. Like, is yeah. it really helping me? Whatever the behavior might be. Right. Is it really, like, do I want to be doing this 10 years from now? Like, that I just do that all the time? Probably yeah. not. It's probably yeah. not going to have the greatest benefit, you know? So. Um, it's like I've been, so the, so since the end of June and then some different times, this sciatic hip, but whatever part of my body you want to blame it on, <laughs> it's just not been right. And so then I was trying to like, okay, Lord, what is happening here? And then like, I remember other conversations we've had and I'm just like, where, why are we in such a hurry to get wherever, where are we going? You know, like yes. that, that who, where is this rat race leading to? Like <laughs> to peace land or something? Like, no, you don't even get to have tomorrow. And yesterday's already gone. Like you only have right, right now. Right. And then when I read, she said something about accepting pain. Or yeah. You're, when you accept oh, pain, yeah. you suffer less. And I just thought, what is she talking about? But in these moments when it is intensely painful, if I can actually pause and take a deep breath, like three of them, then I can calm the rest of my muscles down. Maybe the inflamed part that has, I don't know what, acute injury, trauma. I don't know. I, I'm an, on phone call tag with PT now. And then, um, but I just was thinking like, okay, this is a season right now. This is what I'm doing. And everything else has had to like 
stop because because yeah. I, I can't I literally can't do it right now. Yeah. So it's just like okay, well, am I still valuable? Yes, yeah. that didn't yeah. change. Jesus still died for me. Yes, like it's like okay, why? What am I? What's my problem? So on the podcast, I can sound like I know what I'm talking about, and I didn't go and eat the strawberries. I'm taking a deep breath. But in reality, I'm driving my husband crazy and my mom's like, did you take your ibuprofen yet? Like, like you know, you're getting a little, a little something. So it's just like, um, so I just want to share both sides of, hmm. of that. Like, and then that, again, she's talking about that, my perception of my ability to sit with my physical or emotional pain is affects how I can actually do it. Yeah. And I'm just like, good. Oh, well, what if I wasn't in a hurry to get wherever I was going? I don't even know where this destination is. <laughs> Apparently a marathon and no bread. Like, I don't, right. I'm like, I don't even want that. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I want to be in a lovely place. Right. Yes. Well, and I just brought up a quote, another quote, page 170, where she says, if you frame pain as something you experience in the service of living according to your values, rather than simply as pain, you may change your relationship with your experience. Um, Moving away from emotional eating may not be a deprivation as much as an opportunity to live according to the path you choose. Mm. But that makes me just think even the pain that you're experiencing like is there a way we can change how we perceive it you know like I'd never thought of that before it just seems yeah. like it's just an uncomfortable thing that we should avoid like of right. course no one know? no, no one I wants to feel pain. I got no pain perfect life and I'm just like this isn't even reality like yeah and then I'm remembering our pastor pastor Barry Smith he was saying hey if you go back and look at the timeline of your life and when you see your points of pain Typically, he's found that's when he felt closest to Jesus. Mm, and yeah. I'm like, oh, that is so good. Like, it's like, and then like, there's purpose in our pain. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not just to drive us crazy. It's not just to take everything away. Like, yeah. I don't know. But then how many people that are, are in pain aren't turning to Jesus or yeah. they don't have that hope in their heart? And it's yeah. like, and then, then I have to try not to get on the crazy train of like, oh, you love Jesus and you know his truth. And now you're getting all spun out anyways. And I'm just like, okay, wait, I get to learn. Like I'm yes. learning. Self-compassion. Yes. That's the next chapter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Be kind help, to yourself. Help me. Yeah. Yes. Which well, makes me. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that reminds me of a song lyrics that I heard the other day of a song that I really like. And it's uh, something along the lines of my weakness is my honor, not my shame Mm. that it's okay to be weak. Like, you know, there's the Bible verse, like God helps us in our weakness. He, He, when we are weak, he is strong, you know, like, yeah. So it's okay to be, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be learning. It's okay to be in pain. It's okay to, you know, to just be weak. We're weak. We're weak sheep humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all good. He loves us anyway. Thank goodness. He does. And 
you know, maybe Jesus was tempted to eat too many loaves of bread, <laughs> you know, because it says <laughs> in our verse in Hebrews that I was thinking of, um, did I, I just lost it. Hebrews 4, 14. Is that where you wanted to start reading? Yeah. But I, my phone went to Hebrews 4. Oh, whoops. I can figure this out. Look at that. Do, do, do. <laughs> Um, it's talking about Jesus being our high priest. And I'm just going to read from verse 14 because it's just good. Okay. Since we have a great high priest who passed us through or passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may, we may receive mercy and find grace in, to help in time of need. So I just yeah. was like, ah, this just humbled me again. Like, I just remember that the I can find grace and mercy in a time of need. Like, I have that memorized in my head. But I was like, what's, the other, what's around that again? Like, what was going on in the text? And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, Jesus did it. So we can yes. follow him. And our, our as our example. high priest, he's yeah. the one, like the high priest was the one who would be the go-between between right. the people and God. And, you know, now we have that with us all the time in Jesus that yeah. we don't, there's never any, um, like anything blocking us from yeah. God. Yeah. He made the sacrifice. He's, yes. The priest didn't need to do that. Yeah. Like so every day yeah. we have that path to mm -hmm. the grace of God, his grace and mercy. Yeah. And in this yeah. book she talks about even she even says something about grace and prayer and Yes. Um, and she's coming from a world perspective of inclusive of lots of things. But I just felt comfort that like, oh, I believe in Jesus. I believe I can pray. I believe I can go to his throne. He's on the throne. Yes. And I, ha I, have, a, I have a king I can talk to. Like, hey, help me out with this. Please, yes. Lord. Yeah. And, and I don't think he gets tired of us helping us with the same situation. <laughs> Hence, we get to have that example as mamas. How many times do we oh, say yes. the same things to our kids? And we love them. Yes. Yes. So true. Yeah. He has much more patience than we do, too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right, friends. Well, um, thank you for listening today. And um, if you have feedback on what we've been doing or you have any new book recommendations for us, we're considering doing next um, Famous at Home mm -hmm. Or find your people, which I, I think we're probably going to do both of them. It just depends on Which order? the order. <laughs> um, but we'd love to hear from you. And you can find us on Facebook. We're trying to post more things to get get more engagement out there. So we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And yeah. Well, and it helps me remember, what were we talking about again? Because <laughs> I, I need to hear it one more time. Yes. Yes. I've enjoyed listening to some of our older episodes over again. So like, oh. I always laugh anew and I'm like, oh, this is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I 
yeah. We, we, oh man, we're not totally full of ourselves either, right. though. Like it's like I just am trying to remember what I'm learning. Yes. That's what. Yeah. Yes. And All I right. like learning with you. <laughs> yes, me too. All right. Thanks, Bye. friend. <laughs>